Hey North Florida wrestling fans, we have the George Mulligan Memorial Invitational coming up this January 20th and 21st. It's going to be a great time. We have Coach Mark Deaton along with his son Zach Deaton of Bay High School telling you all about the competition and all about that coach's room that's just going to be a step above the rest with oysters and prime rib. Stay tuned. We have Coach Mark and Zach coming up right now. When I was in the ninth grade um, is when I first met Coach George Mulligan. I was going up to Bay High School from Jinx when Jinx was just a, a junior high school. And my brother and my neighbor were, were both uh, on the team, uh, Bay High's team. So I would go up after school because mom and dad worked up there and I would roll around with those guys. And actually it was probably, probably started in the, in the seventh grade. That's when it, I started going up during the seventh grade up to Bay High and rolling around with those guys. And um, they were much older than me, obviously. But I got interested in the sport because of that. And then uh, my ninth grade year, Coach Mulligan started taking everyone on trips to uh, down south. We would travel everywhere on the weekends and in an old uh, Volkswagen van and he loved that thing he would pile us all up in there and we'd go down to all these freestyle tournaments and what have you so i really got passionate about the sport and then when i got to bay high i knew then and there i was going to wrestle and coach mulligan and i hit it off hit it off pretty good at, from from the jump street um he was a really really good wrestler he wrestled every day with us in practice and could whip probably everybody on the team, if you ask me. <laughs> I, I I never saw him wrestle everybody, but I know that he had the skill to do it. Um, but fast forward, uh, in 88, 89, I started coaching up there with Coach Feuder at Bay High School. And um, when Coach Feuder retired, uh, Zach, had, <clears throat> Zach had just gotten up there, and I took over the program. Um, it was actually John Bolin was listed as a head coach because back then you could not be a head coach and if you didn't teach there. So Coach Mulligan would come up there. I'd, a I'd ask him to come up to practice and, and show the guys a few things, and, and he would come up there and, and do just that. In fact, in 88 and 89, he was coming up there and showing them some things. But when I took over, we – um. I had him up there all the time and we got to build such a bond that I could pick up the phone and call him at any time or he could call me. And we just, we, we never not, we never have not kept in touch over the years. I mean, throughout all of wrestling, even when wrestling season wasn't going on, I would, he would drive by my house or ride by his house on my bicycle, stop and talk to me. And boy, did he like to talk, but we would sit there and talk for an hour and then, I would stop by his house and talk to him or, or give him a call on the phone or something. But when Zach went to the state championships, I asked uh, Coach Mulligan if he would come sit in the corner with me because he sat in my corner in the 1982 state championship when I was in the finals. And I just thought it would be a neat thing if, if he could coach both a father and a son with the father um, that he coached already. So he came up. He came down to state, and then from that point on, he was he was at at least 
three or four practices. I'd say two or three practices a week. And um, he just became part of our part of our culture, our team, and everything else. The guys got to know him. There's some guys that, that probably didn't get to know him that well, but most of them, most of them got to know him because he was he was not shy into teaching anybody uh, that wanted to learn. So the ones that didn't want to learn, he, you know, he he wasn't wasting a lot of time on. But the ones that did want to learn, he certainly would. But when he passed away, I came to um, the funeral, and after the funeral, or or yeah, after the funeral, Mark Mulligan, Coach Mulligan's son, asked me if I would come over to the house after the after the funeral uh, it was having a family get together and I I said I would and he said it's really important that you come there so I did and when he when I was there he got up in front of everybody and and he uh said he had something that he wanted to give to somebody and only one person he could think of needed it or wanted it or deserved it I don't know how he put the words but um, it was a jacket that said uh, district champion, regional champions, and state runner. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I didn't say state runner. District champion, regional champions. But he, he put on there, he said, it's, it's just like your jacket, except it's champions with an S instead of champion. And that was Coach Mulligan's jacket. And he never wore that jacket. It hung in his closet since 82. So it's brand new. Still in the plastic from the uh, from wherever you wherever they got it from, um, back in 82. But that's what, <clears throat> when they, when they gave me that jacket, they were, all of the alumni had come down, guys I had wrestled with in the past. And they said, why don't you start coaching again? And won't you, I, at this time I had walked away from coaching because I had, I had a bout with terminal cancer <clears throat> and I wasn't supposed to be around. You know, that was at age 38, 39, but we got through all that. And, um, when I think I was coaching you back then, if I'm not mistaken, but I'm, I'm not really sure about that. You'd have to, I'm not sure what year you were there, but anyway, um, they said, why don't you get back into coaching? And boy, when he handed me that jacket, everybody, you, it wasn't a dry in the, in the room and it, it brought everything back and all the guys were like, come on, do it, do it, do it. And I, I said, you know what, what the heck I go up there and apply for the job. They're not going to hire me as head coach because I'm not, school teacher there but uh lo and behold i got the call the next day from uh mr may saying welcome aboard you're you're, you're now the new head coach at may high school so that's where <clears throat> this last five years started from and um i told those guys that if i did get hired i was going to bring back the bay invitational except i was going to change the name to the george mulligan memorial and that's what that's what we did um and this is now our fourth year going into it. And it's a really special tournament in my heart um, because of everything that that man did for me. His family and I are still very close. I'm sure they will all be there. And we've, we've grown this thing now from, I think we had uh, about 12 teams the first year, then maybe 15. I think we had 18 last year. So we're close to 47 teams this year. Uh, we got some that have that may not be participating or are not going to participate because of state duels. You know, at that time they didn't know if they were going to be in it or not. But it's going to be probably the biggest tournament 
in Florida this year so far. I don't know that for a fact, but 47 teams, that's a lot of folks in one room, and they're coming from all over. So, um, and again, I'm not sure if it's the biggest tournament. I know it's the biggest one we've been to, but um, uh, we're really looking forward to it, and it takes a lot of hard work, and we got a lot of people behind the scenes this year and, and, and every year, actually, but this year especially, um, our parents have been unbelievable as Booster Club supporters, and, and they're going to have this coach's room uh, hopping. As you well know, coaches love to eat when they go in the coach's room. The teams that come here uh, in the past that have been here, uh, the coaches walk into our hospitality room, and we pride ourselves at having the best hospitality room of any tournament that we've ever been to. <clears throat> Because coaches are out there coaching all day long, and when they get when they get a break, they like to go in there and enjoy a nice meal. Um, we take it a step above that. I've got some. Uh, I've got an oyster shucker coming. Uh, he's going to be shucking uh, from about four o'clock to six thirty, seven o'clock that first night, and we're eating prime rib as the main course. So they're going to leave there thinking they went to. They died and went to heaven when they come in that hospitality room. And all of our parents, and now the next day we had um, barbecue coming in from JR's Rib Shack. Um, I've got a uh, DJ, uh, DJ Surfer Mark Limmer is his handle. Um, he is an incredible DJ that has run this event for us in the past. Uh, last year he was, the name of his company is Tidal Wave Sound Production. But he was a DJ at Spinnaker for probably 15 years. Uh, so everybody that that was back in those days knows exactly who he is. You heard it. You still hear his voice on all the commercials around here, or not all of them, but a lot of them. But he and I are very, very good friends, and uh, he comes out and does it a wonderful job for us. And it's a job that we pay him to do because it's well, it's 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 a paying position for what this guy does for us. I mean, it's just an, he does an exceptional job. Um, announces announces wrestlers, and now you know anything that needs to be done, we can send over to the table, and it comes out. That he, he also does our um, our raffles. We do. Uh, we've got some unbelievable raffle prizes this year. We've got Yeti coolers. We've got uh, beach bikes. We've got rod and reels. We've got uh, two two night stays at hotels in St. Joe's. Uh, the Port Inn and uh, one of the other uh, hotels over there, the Mainstay Suites, that you'd normally pay about $300 a night for it at one of these places. And uh, we just got all kind of raffle things. And our parents are still coming up with things that are going to be raffled off. So I just know the things that we've gathered up here as, you know, before uh, I've seen the parents list of what all they got. But uh, I tell you what, if you don't want to do anything else but come out and buy raffle tickets, you, you might come out way ahead. You know, these, these Yeti coolers are, are the real deal. They're not the little bitty ones. They're the, they're the real Yeti coolers. So, um, and the beach bike, I don't know how much that, that thing's worth. I don't ride beach bikes, but I know it's brand new from Steve's bike shop. And uh, the people that are donating that stuff to us are just helping our program, being generous and helping us out. And I, like I said, I, I can't say enough about our booster club for what they're doing. Now, along with the hospitality main courses, there'll be crock pots in there uh, 24-7 uh, while we're at the 
at the Invitational with different meals in each one of them. So if you if you don't want a prime rib for whatever reason, I'm sure you'll find something in there you do want. Um, but we have a, a professional oyster shucker coming that uh, I guarantee you can shuck oysters faster than you can eat them. So come on out. You ought to come on out and see it. This tournament, because of the fact that uh, Coach Mulligan started Bay High Wrestling, he started Rutherford's program, and he started Mosley's program, um, we, we came together as a group of coaches, and, and uh, we presented the idea to them because there was, there was no other weekends available except the county championship weekend. So we, we decided to make the Mulligan the county championship as well. So whoever out of the local schools, whoever finishes the higher, highest in their weight class becomes a county champion as well. And there's all, there'll also be a county championship trophy and the highest with the highest team score. They will become the county champions for that year. So the main thing is that uh, so a guy named Joe Levine started wrestling at, at Rutherford. Uh, and at the time, he was real good friends with Coach Mulligan. And uh, Coach Mulligan helped him get that program going. That was the second program. And then the third program was Mosley. And Bob Hunt was one of Coach Mulligan's very best friends. So, uh, of course, naturally, Coach Mulligan helped him start that program. So, Mosley being the third program started in Bay County. So, the way we the way we do the finals in the past, what we've done for county championship is have a separate event, but it kind of hurts the teams because you have to use two of your schedule points to have the tournament. And, and that's two points that you could use elsewhere during the season. Um, and it also costs you money to host it. You don't make anything. And then we also see the same teams everywhere we go. So it was like, Hey, you know, this guy helped start all three of these programs. Um, so how about we do it there? And then that turned into every year we give Rutherford and Mosley free entry into the tournament. Um, and so Rutherford and Mosley come for free every year. They bring their mats. And Bay High, uh, since Bay High's the first, the first and second place match is decided on a Bay High mat. Second, or third and fourth place match is decided on Rutherford's since it was the second school. And then the um, fifth and sixth place matches decided on the Mosley mat. So that's the way the finals are ran. So pretty neat. And we are, we are awarding, uh, one through six place medals in every weight class. And we're awarding the top six teams, um, in placing. Yeah. Coach, coach Jim Lawson was my head coach from, uh, 82 to, to 82. No, I'm sorry. Coach Lawson was my head coach from 79 to 82. And um, Coach Mulligan was, Coach Lawson was our uh, head coach and he took care of everything as far as um, getting us in shape and all that. But Coach Mulligan was the actual wrestling coach that actually got on the mat with us. And they were together for a very long time. And Coach Lawson is the one who started the Bay Invitational. And back then, an 82 team, we finished uh, third in the state as a team. I'm sorry, 
back in 82, we finished fourth in the state as a team. And that was pretty impressive back in those days. Um, we were undefeated. Mosley was undefeated. Choctaw was undefeated. Rutherford maybe had one loss, but it was standing room only in the gymnasiums. In any gym you went to, at any dual match you went to, you could, you, if you didn't get there early, there were uh, fire marshals turning you away at the door at, at every single match. And uh, Charlie Bryant was our booster club president, and he bought a mat lamp that came out for the first Bay Invitational. And uh, it, it descended out of the out of the gym ceiling. And when you turn that thing on and turn all the lights off in the gym, it, you as a wrestler on the mat, you can't see anybody in the stands, but everybody in the stands sees you and who you're wrestling, and that's it. And it just made the place go wild. It was, all, it was almost like you see now in WWE events where the crowd gets into it and it's screaming and hollering. Um, I wish I had some old video footage of, of how packed those gyms were back in the day, but we had some really, really good panhandle teams. Like I said, Choctaw Bay, Mosley, Rutherford, we were all tough. So if you can imagine the, the competition that was just local, it was unbelievable. But anyway, coach Lawson started the, the original Bay Invitational and I'm not sure when uh, I know my senior year, Coach Feuter came on my senior year. And uh, that's a team, you know, we'd been together for three or four years. Coach Feuter took over. And that's the year that we all did so well at state. But um, Lawson was the head coach and, and Mulligan was, was his right-hand man. And they came out with the rule that if you did not coach or teach at the school that you could not be a coach there. So basically coach Mulligan got let go, even though coach Mulligan was getting paid by the booster club, if he took any money at all and not being paid by the school system. But, um, it kind of, it kind of let a little wind out of our sail as a team because he was our leader our senior year. Um, but he got to stay on and coach us all the way through the state. So that's, that's, a big deal about who started the Bay Invitational. And I'm not sure when the Bay Invitational went away. Was it there when you were there? It was. So I'm not sure the years that, that it's, they stopped doing it. 2010, 2006. 2006 is when it went away. So we brought it back five years ago and we changed it to the George Mulligan Memorial. And I'll let Zach tell you about the bench out there that Aaron did. He's, he's got more knowledge on it, but it's, it's a, it's a testament to coach, uh, coach Mulligan out there on that gym is, is his enshrinement. And fortunate, he was fortunate to be alive when that was presented to him. He was there in perfectly good health sitting in the stands with me. And when he was presented that, and it was, it was really something to see, you know, it's when you, when you get recognized for something and it's not post-mortem, you know, but that's, that will stay outside of the gym forever. And that's why we host the George Mulligan Memorial there. Cause that's his home and that's his, that's his bench. You can come by and sit down and talk to him if you want to. And we, we take, I, I want to tell you something about that jacket I was telling you about. Um, 
obviously I don't wear that jacket on a, on a daily basis. Um, it hangs in my closet to this day, but we do an empty chair at the mulligan for every single corner that we're sitting in. Unless we're split up, of course, if I've got one kid on one mat and Zach's got a kid on another mat, that's a different story, but there's always an empty chair with that jacket in it at our matches. And then when the match is over, we pull the chair back, put it at the head table or someone, we have someone manning that, that jacket at all times, all day long. And it will be wherever we are coaching at, sitting there as though he was sitting there coaching with us. So we started with uh, 32 teams committed to the tournament. And this, this particular weekend is the state duels championship for Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. So any team that qualifies for their state duels championship obviously can't come to the mulligan. So the way that works, if you commit to the mulligan, you qualify for your state duels series championship, we send you a full refund. Uh, I was expecting to lose three or four teams this year. We've got six Georgia teams. Three of them I'm unfamiliar with, uh, Shaw High School in Georgia, Montgomery County High School in Georgia, and um, there's one other one in, in Georgia that I'm unfamiliar with. But then three of them I am familiar with, Colquitt, Valdosta, and Thomas County Central, and all three of those schools are a threat to go to their state duels championship every year. None of the three made it this year. So they're all three going to be there for sure. That just got confirmed today. Of the Florida schools, Fort Walton Beach only lost to Lincoln by one point in the regional duels. So they're still going to be there. Um, the only school that we've lost out of 32, to my knowledge, is Swanee High School, uh, who, who went on from, from our region to, to the state duel series next Friday. So it looks like of the 32 committed teams, we'll have 31. Uh, as far as the best teams coming, obviously, you know, Lake Highland Prep is a national powerhouse. I don't know what teams they're bringing or what, what athletes they're bringing. I know they have several squads. Um, that was a, a mass email that got sent out to every coach in the state of Florida, and Coach Palazzo returned, returned the email saying he'd like to bring a team. We'll see who they bring, um, but, you know, they could probably bring their B or C squad and have a good team. Um, Colquitt, Georgia with Coach Scarborough, Thomas County with um, Valdosta. All, all those programs are strong uh, coming in. Orange Beach, Alabama is the only school left that I'm unsure of if they made their state duels. But if they didn't, I know they were a threat to because I've talked to that coach a couple times. Uh, and then, you know, bringing in Dunmore High School from South Florida, I'm interested, interested to see what they look like. Um, you know, Fort Walton Beach, Gulf Breeze was – both very close to making the state dual series. It should be a it should be a good tournament. You know, we saw Ridgeview this past weekend. They're not a bad team, um, so we'll see. You know, we'll see. There'll be a lot of individually. There'll be a lot of state ranked wrestlers in in the field. So the girls side, um, you know, if you talk about boys and girls teams, and, and there's 32 boys teams. Well, now 31. I've been. I've been emailed by at least 13 coaches saying they're bringing girls. Those aren't an additional 13 teams to the 32 there. It's just 13 schools that have both a boys and girls team. 
with the exception of Childs High School. Childs is bringing their girls, but not their boys. And I'm unclear how many girls are in the field as of right now. Um, but it's looking like it's going to be a decent field. That should be competed just on Saturday. Um, so the boys will wrestle Friday and Saturday, and the girls will wrestle on Saturday. Um, but it, I think it's going to be a pretty decent field. It's going to be a big deal, and we just want everybody to come out and uh, watch some good wrestling. And I'll tell you what, this is going to be one of the toughest tournaments around as far as becoming a champion. If you if you win the George Mulligan Memorial, you've really done something because there's no slouches in this tournament. There, there's some good wrestling going on.